Don Panos, John McGrath, Million Dollar Agent, our Q&A session. Hi, Johnny, how you going? Good, Tommy. Do you notice how when Troy introduces it now, he's trying to sing it like you sing it now. Like, it used to just be like three, two, one, let's go. And now he's kind of got this whole hoopla about Million Dollar Agent. And he's going to be putting his own name out there first. Well, John, you know what it is? He's smart. He sat on the sidelines, never said too much. Looked at how the podcast was going, realised that after 10 podcasts, this thing's got wheels, it's going give, to keep going. Give them an inch, take a mile. We allowed him, we allowed, no, no. We allowed him out of the editing room and we, we mentioned him once by mistake on this thing. All of a sudden, it's gone to his head. Nothing breeds failure like success, Troy. Yeah, it must be pretty easy to find a guy that just presses a button on that computer to start the whole thing. That can't be the hardest job in the world. John, John, we did, we'll Troy, review it. Troy, we did, we did have a guy. We, John, we did have a guy once that replaced Troy. What was his name? Show him. How good was he? Oh, mate, he, mate. I think the listeners were saying the clarity of that particular <laughs> recording was as good as we've ever had. So. He, he's, uh, he's on our team, so we'll, we'll certainly talk over the Christmas break when we have to renegotiate Troy's contract for this, this task. Okay, on Troy. On we go. Troy, uh, we're off and we're running. Today is a Q&A session. We've got three I like questions. These. I like these because kind of, they get to the nub of what is really um, causing people pain or their real questions out in the field. So I love it. I really want to you know, keep sending these into Tom's email address because... The great, great, great thing. First one comes from uh, Phil Harris, which we both know, a great operator in Adelaide. We love Phil, one of the best in the country. Um, and it's a long question. I'm going to fly through. It's it. actually not from Phil. It's from his from lovely PA Sarah, who is a dynamic person and a brilliant future superstar agent. So hello, who shout has out. sat through our podcast as well once. She has, she has. So shout out to Sarah. She's a she's a gem of a person and. I'm glad she took the initiative to write in a, a question. Yeah, so she's basically said that they've got uh, a weekly training course and they've got various KPIs for all their new salespeople. And some of these KPIs include minimum uh, connect calls, face-to-face appointments, appraisals, exercise and food intake. They, they rate themselves daily on that. Feels big on that. When Sarah came up... I offered her a coffee and she said, well, Phil's not really big on me having the coffee. He's very, very good on the health. I love it. Yeah. Really, really good. She had, she had six coffees, by the way. She was, day, she was with us the day, but hopefully Phil's not listening to this because she was... <sighs> well, John, if he, <laughs> if, he is, if he is Phil, it's been six, mate. <laughs> Over to you, Phil. Um, uh, a good question, though. The KPIs, I mean, they're... What, what's a KPI? Well, for those of you that don't know what it is, it's a key performance indicator, or it's, if you will like, it's a scoreboard of stuff that you can keep track of that you think. And the word key, obviously, there's a whole range of indicators that tell whether you're in good health and your business is in good health, but the key ones is what are, what are some of them? And Sarah has called out a few there, but I think in addition to that, Tom, the, the number one for me above everything, and this is not always tracked, in fact, it's usually not tracked, is customer service rating. Mm. I mean, at the end of the, of the transaction and the relationship, you should have raving fans that would do anything to send you business in the future. So I think it's always good to get a customer service rating, if possible, as a principal or as, a, as an agent, if your principal is not able to do it for you or prepared to do it. I think you've got to know that your customers are, are buyers and sellers, or landlords and tenants, for the property management people listening to us, are actually seeing you as a great customer experience. So I think find a way to track the mood and the feeling of the customers immediately upon transacting with you 
so you can get a sense of where they have rated you in the scale of you know raving fans to to the opposite end. Yeah, John, I agree because I'm looking at these KPIs and they're very much metrics about let's just get that call done, and I want. Um, the team to know that that person that you're speaking to don't care that you've got 50 call quota that day. What they care is about their life. And I think that if you come from the intention of giving that person good service, what actually happens is that is the best form of prospecting. Because the prospecting will happen by that person. That person basically becomes a mini salesperson of you. So, or a PR consultant. Or a, yeah, telling everyone in your community well, what a great job. Beautifully said. They, a a PR job. consultant. So the best form of prospecting is customer service. So finding a metric to measure people's experience. Um, you talked before when we were just chatting about these questions. You mentioned VPA or vendor paid marketing. advertising or marketing. You know, and I'd love you to say a bit more about that. But you know, I'll say a bit because I know you're actually in the industry. So... You know, I'm biased. As, well, you're not biased, I know that, but it's kind of good to hear if someone's more of a customer of the industry. I mean, I have a very clear view. You cannot, well, two or three. Number one is our job's not to sell your property, our job's to maximise your price. Anyone can sell your property. Number two is there is no way in the world you can maximise price, the, the, the sale price of a property, without extensive marketing. Um, and it's very much false economy for a vendor to spend zero or very little, or an agent to spend zero or very little, in promoting a property because all you're going to do is get the property sold but not at the best price. Because the more buyers we can get connected to your property, the better price we're going to get. It's all logical stuff. Therefore, you know, it's a skill to get the best marketing campaign because it's easier to get nothing, of course, uh, but not right. So I think that's really critical, and I think you were talking about you know, measuring it. How do you measure it? Well, I guess your average marketing campaign spend per property is going to be a measure on how good you are at ensuring that a client sees the benefits of marketing. So you, know, you might have a $500 average marketing campaign, or you might have a $5,000 campaign. So, and it's not about you know, getting more money to build your profile and just for the sake of it. This is about your ability to understand and transfer your belief to a vendor that marketing is key. Online, offline, signboards, brochures, digital, local, you know, global, all everything is important. And nowadays, you can do a very comprehensive package, relatively, um, very much reasonable compared to many, many years ago, because everything has sort of got better and cheaper in the way you do things. So, there's really no excuse for people taking the easy way out. So, I agree with you on vendor pay. But yeah, tell me your views, John. Yesterday, we had a real estate gym where I did a Q and A with Shad Hassan. Mm. And I hadn't done that with Shad for about six, seven years. Shad Hassan wrote around two and a quarter million in GCI. Shad Hassan told the audience there that in 2010, 2011, he decided that he would actually reduce his VPA. He actually disappeared a little bit from the paper. And I clearly remember the conversations I had with him. He said, Tom, I'm selling everything and I'm just turning him over. And he said, yesterday that he noticed that people started asking him have you retired have you disappeared have you retired and uh, I clearly remember those conversations that we had three four years ago and then he said that when he started to believe in it again that it was right for the vendor and that he was doing the wrong thing by not making sure he's got 100% of the buyers out there, not the first buyer, not the easy buyer, but getting the best buyer. Yes. He had an obligation to create 
every opportunity that every person found out about the property, he is really happy with that decision because not only is he comfortable that every time he sells a property, people have exhausted every opportunity to get top dollar, but he himself has now become an attraction agent. I think he's number one in the inner west for McGrath's. Yeah. Uh, he's an Can I give a little backstory to Shaddy? I mean, you and I know him very well, but a lot of the listeners won't know him much at all. Um, number one, and I don't know whether he's listening to this or not, but you know, I don't want to embarrass him, but he's one of the nicest human beings you'll ever meet on the planet. He's very down to earth. He's extremely authentic. He's a very generous man by nature. Just a good guy. Number two is what most people won't know, that when he first joined us, he was working the Potts Point market, struggling, dying, just was not nothing was happening for him. And we had a conversation and, and, and I said, Chad, do you really want to do this? He said, yeah, no, I really want to do this. I said, do you really think you can be successful? Because I thought he could, but he wasn't getting the numbers. He said, yeah. And I said, well, what's the disconnect? And we actually boiled it down to the fact that he was working in an area, which is a great area, by the way, Potts Point, but he, he wasn't connected to it. He wasn't passionate about it. He hadn't come from the area. He didn't connect with the buyers and the sellers as well. So he came from Marrickville, and I said, Shadi, why don't you move from the east to the inner west, and why don't you start focusing on an area where you are passionate about, where you do live, where you do have some connection? So in a sense, we transplanted him, Tommy, to back to the Leichhardt office. His business has flourished. So he always had the potential, but there could be some people listening that are doing the right things, but there's some little disconnect, even at a subconscious level. And, uh, and that really worked. And you're right, he's a $2 million plus. We should get him at Eric next year, I think. I John, mean, I'd love to get him back on the stage. I don't, I don't think he's ever spoken at Eric, but he would be fantastic. Well, I've got, I've got, well, I'll tell you what happened yesterday. He, when I asked him six weeks ago, what happened is one of my staff was chasing him to book him in, and he sort of hadn't said yes. And then I called him up, and he said to me, Tom, listen, I'll do it to you as a mate, but I'm not one of these people that likes getting up there and talking. I just do my thing, right? He goes, that's what I do. But he goes, if you want me to, I'll do it. And there was, there's some beauty in the way that he said that, yeah. in the sense that what he's more interested in is becoming just the greatest agent that he can be. Um, he doesn't want to spend too much time talking at seminars and that, but he came along, he was so authentic. And John, I know you haven't spoken to him since yesterday, but what you've just said there is the best piece of advice he said to the audience. I asked him, what's the best piece of advice mm. that you'd give yourself on day one, Chad? And he said, to go into an area that you like okay. and stay cool. there long term and feel comfortable in that yeah. area. That was his best decision. And now he's got young Aladdin and Chad, uh, yeah. sorry, and Danny following in his footsteps. And uh, so there's a whole succession and his dad's in real estate, as you would know. Out and John, of he's Stamp. doing two and a quarter million. He's not selling $3 million houses. He's in the inner west, yeah. and they're not on the water in the inner west. He's selling $1 million properties. Yeah, I think eight fifty nine hundred is probably yeah. his average price. Might be closer to a million now, but you're 100% right. But that's a good, so we should, I'll, I'll follow him up and see if he'll come and share with all our listeners and our delegates at Eric his Beautiful. story because he's, it's a great story. Uh, let's move on to our next question. Um, hi Tom, hi John, aspiring million dollar agent here. I have a question. What is some of the strategic dialogue um, you can make when cold calling to create a good contact? This comes from uh, Thomas uh, Mossa from CBRE. Um, John, um, what's your view on that? Oh, I think this is an easy one, Tom. It's, a very, it's around, no, number one is just make the call. First thing is, a lot of people, they agonise over what's the best thing to say, what's the best time to ring, and you know, just pick up the phone and start connecting with people. Just dial and connect with people and, and don't get too 
um, analytical about when and where and what you're gonna say. When you do call, the shift in paradigm for me, Tom, is rather than trying to extract a lead or a piece of business from them, when you're ringing, ring with a purpose that is around adding value to them, giving them something, and then if anything happens in return, that's a bonus or a benefit. So a lot of people, I'm prospecting, I'm on the phone, Tom, can you tell me, are you thinking of buying or selling in the near future? Do you know anyone that's thinking of buying or selling? It's all me, 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 and I think the energy is the wrong way. I'd love you, I'd love Tom, I think this is a Tom that wrote this, I'd love Tom to say, um, you know, Troy, just calling, I just, I know that you've got some property in the Alexandria neighbourhood, um, we've made some really great sales recently, I thought I'd just update you on what's happening in the market, we've, we've made a record sale in the street next to yours, uh, and just give them something of value, maybe follow it through with something on the email, it's about adding value, it's not what can I get from this call, it's what can I give to this person that I'm calling, so that's for me, it's a okay. paradigm shift. Um, just uh, following up on John, tick, tick, tick on everything that he basically said. I think that 80% of winning is beginning just starting. Most agents prepare to prospect then prospect themselves. I think they sit there uh, priming themselves up to do it than actually doing it. Um, the second thing I would say is interrupting strangers that don't want to talk to you is not the most effective thing that you can do in real estate, but I think one of the most effective things you can do in real estate is make people smarter by giving them information that they don't have around just sold, just listed, and letting them know what a property sold or one that's just come on the market, you have a much bigger chance that the conversation will be two-way and not one-way. Okay, our third question has come in. This is going to be a good one because I think it affects a lot of people, and that is that this person is thinking about making the transition to real estate, and they're asking this question. How does one financially get themselves through the initial period in real estate? So, John, Mm -hmm. think about it. They might be on 70 grand in another industry. They come into real estate. Uh, they're going to make less with the view that in three, four, five years later, they're making a lot more. What's your advice to people about going down before they go up? I think nowadays in our industry, Tom, there's a well-established career path called agent assistant, which allows someone that's not in the industry that, that aspires to become a sales agent. It gives them an interim step or a stepping stone to work for a great agent, receive a bankable guaranteed annual salary, and it may not be quite as much as they're currently earning, but as long as they can make, they can pay all the bills with that, it's, it's, I guess it's a paid apprenticeship for a couple of years. So I think first consider is you don't have to jump into a commission only sales job. There is an alternative there. Um, secondly is if you do get into a sales area, you need to make sure that you are funded for at least six months. So six months of your your own personal overheads, mortgages, rent, whatever it is that costs you every day, are covered because it can take, even a good agent that's really someone that's got great talent, it can take six months before the cash flow starts rolling in, as you know, especially if you join sort of just before Christmas and you've got a, a few weeks of downtime. So I, th- I think you've, you've got to be practical about that. You don't want to be wondering after week four, am I going to have enough cash to see me out through this period? Um, and the third thing, so, so one is consider being a, an assistant to an agent. Um, two is be practical and make sure that you have enough buffer savings so you can get through that six-month period, which is, I think is the right period. And the third thing is shift your paradigm and find out, go and meet someone that transitioned into the real estate industry and did well year one. Because I know there's this kind of thing that people say, oh, well, it's going to take you three to five years to establish in the real estate before you get some momentum and whatever. If you believe that, and if that's your mindset, that will be the reality as well. 
we know people, and Kirsten Mueller, who spoke at ARIC last year, Tom, and you know Kirsten well, she came from a 50K, I think it was, a year job within the military, and she did about 500 year one and a million year two in GCI, so obviously she didn't get all of that, but she got you know at least half of it. Um, so she is a classic example of someone that transitioned from a totally different industry and was successful year one. And there are many, you know, there are many in our brand, there are many in other brands out there that did that. So I would be seeking out inspirational stories and if possible even meet the people, but it may not always be possible, but it will always be possible to find them and find out what they did. Maybe even a phone call if you can't get the chance to meet up with them. So I think that would be the thing, is to, is, is to model what people did. Well, Kirsten, I'll give you a quick example. She, she came to a few seminars and things before she started, and then she decided that she would um, market, direct market all her 5,000 target area clients once a week for 12 months. So she sent out in her first month uh, 5,000 letters per week for 52 weeks, and it de delivered her a $500,000 GCI. So, you know, and again, there's an investment there. You need to be able to fund that investment and, and she put the investment up and she got the reward in the first year. So I think that would be the thing is work out how can you be successful in the short term rather than thinking it's going to take several years. Okay. Um, as we finish off, my response to that would be, Johnny, is that don't think that you're going into a job. And this applies to whether you're in real estate or about to go into. You're actually going into business for yourself. And you've got to take into account, if you were opening up a Gloria Jeans Cafe or a McDonald's or any kind of business, you're actually investing money. Great right. thing about real estate is you're not going to go off and invest a heap of money and you're going to get all the benefits of business ownership in the years to come if you get this thing right. Yeah. So I think, don't think as an employee, think that you're going into business. The second thing is someone that becomes a physiotherapist or a lawyer or a doctor is sacrificing income for a number of years. Yes. with the rewards coming down the track and I think you've got to take the same approach in real estate, real estate. that you've got to pay a price now to have things tomorrow yeah. um, and don't think that you know, you're going to leave what you're currently doing and make more money right from day one because there's not many jobs in real estate that you can leave. I think betting, Peter Choincy left betting yeah. to be riding $3.5 million Correct. in GCI. There's a price to pay. That's Correct. not going to happen straight away. And Tom, I'll tell you that the very positive thing, and, and I don't know who wrote, I haven't seen, you've got the piece of paper, and, but whoever wrote it clearly is not in the industry thinking of getting in from what you described. They're listening to this podcast, so that's smart. They're already educating themselves ahead of the curve. They're not just saying only have real estate a go and then getting into the industry and working it out. So I like whoever's their approach. I'd say that their chances in my eyes, knowing that they're coming from out of real estate and they've found a way to get onto this podcast list. Um, so that's, that's a big tick. Uh, and whoever they are, if Judith wants to send them an email, I'm happy to give them a complimentary ticket to ARIC next year because they're, they've got great initiative. If they can get the time off, whether they've joined the industry or not, um, you know, feel free on behalf of what us a, and news. What a know. nice, what a nice person. Look at that, Troy. And Eric, 2015 ticket has gone out to this person. And John, the other thing that you might not be aware is these three people are also getting the uh, McGrath book because we'd actually said in our oh, good. Uh, podcast that That's we right. picked the three, three best That's and right. that we would actually get uh, books out to them. So I'll make sure that this gets to uh, Jacqueline. Um, with their, we'll, their details. We'll, we'll sign it off for them. No, that's good. And, and I like the, uh, these questions. Keep them coming in. Where, where do they send them, Tom? Tom at tompanos.com.au. Send them in there. And every month or so, we will have Q&A sessions. That's the end. We will talk to you next week. See you, Johnny. See you, Tom.